You filthy animals. <laughs> How's my buddies over at the R2 Sonic Campfire doing today? Never know. Keep them warm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You guys should come. You're my good luck charm, man. I always catch fish with you guys. Is, is there room on the bus? Because I look at you guys, and the, the eight or nine of you guys impressed me a lot. You know, because I first Stop ran it. <laughs> okay. You know, no, go on. You guys. Um, I don't do advertising. You're not going to see me on billboards or in newspapers, classifieds, none of that. Well, yeah, there's that because, you know, you guys are awesome. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's comforting to know in case I say something stupid. No, no yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're hearing it. Real that's kind of our thing, so yeah. don't step on our turf. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man, I hope I, I hope I don't. What we're saying is actually new, so uh, that's why we're fumbling a little bit. But it, it's going to sound amazing. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Sonic Campfire. With the Rutten River Pursuits podcast, we are Reality Outdoor Radio, where our mission is to get you in the outdoors by connecting you with the people, skills, and products you can trust. You can can trust trust them. Mm -hmm. I'm Steve. I'm Catfish. I'm Brad. I'm Ryan. And I'm Will. You know what one of my favorite things to do is, guys, lately? And I really... Podcast. I really gotta thank you guys for for inter- introducing make me to cotton this. Cotton candy. No, I've never you, tried. You that. don't even like to eat it. You, you like, like to make it. Dutch oven. You cooking know I over can't have that. Fire. <laughs> Dutch oven cooking. I do like that. No, the, but <laughs> kayak fishing. Ah. Yeah, and you, I, you know fan. I'm rel- I'm rel- relatively new to that. You know, sure. to, yeah. to the kayak. But I'm, in fact, I'm loving it. What kind of kayak do you have? I have an Ascend. Some people say that's like the, the capri pants of kayaks. <laughs> it, it could be. He tried to tell me that but, about my Mokin. <laughs> yes, just yesterday we were out the capri on, the, pants. on the river. Yeah, I said a lot of times everybody's trying well, to get me to upgrade. I just, so I know how you feel, Stevie. Someone told me that. I don't have I, a clue. I am not upgrading. I don't care. Hey, I'm with not. The, with the rivers the way they are right now, how low they are, Capri pants are the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> you could get across it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Don't even need to hike them up. My pleasure. No. I don't like wearing short pants anyways. <laughs> Just long pants. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other day, Will, Will shoots me a text and says, I'm watching this kayak fishing show on uh, uh, Fox Sports really? Network. That's true. Yeah, and th- and there's this guy on there with an epic beard, That's and we got to get him on the show. One of the reasons. It's like a gateway. Said, yeah, I said, okay, bud, I'll see what we can do. Well, <laughs> you're never going to guess who we got on the line. Well, I'm going to guess it was that guy. What's the it na- you, laid it out, guy. you laid it out pretty easy What's the name of me, that Steve? fishing show? The kayak fishing show, That's right? It. It's not a clever name. <laughs> it's, it's, it is it's pretty yeah, straight to the point. Simple. It is the yeah. kayak fishing show. Okay. So what'd you do? So tonight we have one of Jackson Kayak's awesome content creators, Jameson Redding, all the way from the mountains of North Carolina. Jameson, how are, how you, are you, I'm excited to be on the show, guys. And uh I have to say, 
the nice thing about capri pants is that at least you let all the other guys know which way you swing. So <laughs> there you go. This is like no question whatsoever. And you yeah. guys can, you know, leave that in if you want. No, I like to sit in kayak like anybody. Yeah. You like them short britches, oh, do you? I just want to get my calves. I just want to get my calves tanned. Sure. Come on, guys. Yeah, my upper ankles need a little my, sun. My knees are sensitive. <laughs> What's wrong with a sitting kayak? Just, with a with a, a, a sand kayak, a sit-in kayak, oh, a sit-in kayak, nothing yeah. wrong with a sit-in kayak, nothing, okay. nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Some guys sit down to pee, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't want to well, take. I do that when I'm trying to get away from my kids and wife. You know, I'm like pretend pooping. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, get yourself an FS10, an you'll be all right. Hey, Jameson, I call it candy pooping. That's where I go in and I just start playing Candy Crush till my legs fall asleep. <laughs> well, not yeah. candy pooping, yeah. dude. The washing the hands, though, afterwards is always tough because you're trying to get your legs to wake up and wash your hands <laughs> at the same time. And it's just like it comes on and it starts to hurt first, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you're just kind of leaning on the sink. Like ah, not, pins trying not and to needles. Fall over. Pins and needles. <laughs> when Ryan washes his hand, he looks like a... Irish dancer. <laughs> my, my upper body's perfectly straight. <laughs> and, and slapping your feet, trying to wake them up. Yeah. Your hands. Oh, oh boy, did we derail quick. Sorry, wow. that was my fault. <laughs> it wasn't your Jameson, fault. I'm Stevie set you up for that. <laughs> He's I'm your sorry Scotty about Pippen. that. You got to check out Jameson's uh, Instagram page. And uh, it's pretty, you know, Jameson Redding. It's, it's and again, you know, nice and simple to the point. He's easy to find on there. You would never know that you live in North Carolina based off your Instagram right. page. Like it's, you, you, you can tell when you adventure look at Jameson. Mine, yeah, like I, I didn't know if you were from Alaska, Florida, you know, South America. You were, you were all over the place. Bonefish well, in Alaska. That's kind of the, the yeah. That's kind of the cool thing about. Um, I guess what my role is, is that nobody wants to just see bass from North Carolina, you know, so capturing content, I get to see a lot of really cool places and traveling, um, you know, before this COVID thing, I probably spent more time in my, my RV than I, than I did at my house. Um, so it's been kind of hard to not be on the road and, and seeing places, which I did just get back from the keys. So I snuck that one in. Did you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> did some social distancing while we were down there. I yeah, had to. Where, <laughs> where at in the keys? Um, so we were, we were in, on uh marathon is where we stayed, but we fished in uh, just the lower keys. We kind of bounced around all the way from key West up to marathon and just hit different launches. Um, actually we were in, uh, we weren't kayak fishing, well, we did one morning. We took some inflatable kayaks out, but most of the time we were in like a small um, flat skiff, um, pulling skiff or whatever. Very cool. We actually yeah, just I, missed, we missed the COVIDs too. We were just down in the Keys kayak fishing for a week. We did pretty good. We caught a lot of, a ton of, I think Barracuda's like the, what's her name? Emma up north. Yeah. Uh -huh. Emma, we just talked to musky fishing, the, the hammer handle pike that she hates catching because there's too many. Yeah. That's the that's how barracuda that's is. Barracuda in the keys. Oh, yeah. they're thick. I'm yeah, sick of thick. catching all get, these barracuda. Get, I hate it. You get the really big ones down there, the greater barracuda too, the just, you know, four foot long toothy critters that mm. greyhound when you catch them. 
can you swim with them? Like, can you swim in the water when they're around? Are they aggressive? They're not. I've never seen them <clears throat> to be aggressive toward people, but they're so fast that if you were just like in the way, I could imagine that it probably wouldn't be like a good intersection. Like <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they just ran into you on their way to something else, but yeah. they're, they're really um, smart. I think because when we fish with them for them with artificial baits, you know, if you don't present it properly, they'll like come out torpedo at it and then follow it and kind of check it out and then just like pill out yep. and not really um, attack it. Now, and you'll see them chasing needlefish and stuff and you're trying to imitate needlefish. And so the way you do it is you, you try to reel, you know, pretty quick, get their attention. Once they come on it, you literally can't reel it fast enough um, to take it away from them. So the faster you can rip it, the more likely they're going to come at it. Yeah. It. Yeah. A lot of the, hit, just, a lot of the hits I had that they actually took it were, I was burning it so fast. It was, it was skimming the water a little bit and they were hitting, oh, yeah. it, they were hitting it almost yep. like top water. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't hate that. Yeah, they, they, and then when they do have it, they just go completely ballistic and just take off like a rocket. I mean, it's nuts. Mm. And then you get them beside the boat, and you're like, all right, there's a lot of teeth. I don't really know how to <laughs> yeah, handle this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd rather I deal with mean. a shark than a barracuda, to be honest. Speaking of bad <laughs> intersections, yeah. <laughs> Somebody get that thing off my line. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you get your current position with with jackson like how, how does someone it sounds like you got like all of our dream jobs here so we're we're <laughs> so you, just you, take some notes you would think that i would have like some kind of background in marketing or video or photography or even kayak fishing but <laughs> <laughs> no nah, so i guess just to like kind of recap it quickly because it's kind of a long story but um uh it's been I don't know, maybe 11 years now that I've been actually kayak fishing. And um, so I got into kayak fishing, got, you know, trying to access water that I couldn't really get to by waiting. We, I had lived in Florida for like seven years and had a boat. But when I moved back to North Carolina, where I'm from, it's a lot of river fishing. Um, so my center console yeah. didn't make sense. So we left it and sold it in Florida. And so I was kind of reconnected with some buddies I grew up with. And we were trying to like wade different sections of the river or take canoes. Um, and we ended up all going and buying kayaks uh, the same day. Uh, and we ended up buying, a, all of us bought Wilderness Systems kayaks. I had a Commander 120, which is a sit-in side. But it's kind of a canoe um, kayak hybrid. Um, so it'd be like, you know, not quite Stevie capri pants, up. but like maybe like just below the knee type stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, like jean shorts. Yeah. Yeah, jean shorts, yeah. Um, but longer. Not the, you know, ones that I would cut off. Like really short. Skinny. Jams. <laughs> so... Uh, but anyway, we, we, I just fell in love with it, man. It's just such a great way to access areas, uh, especially river fishing, um, which is one of my like bigger passions when it comes to kayak or fishing in general. But um, you just can't beat it. It's such a great tool to access water that you can't necessarily wade to because you couldn't cross people's property or whatever. Um, but I didn't have the right boat. Uh, unfortunately, that big open cockpit area of that um, commander when I would run it through any kind of rapids, it would just swamp that boat. I mean, it's like an open canoe almost. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what led me to Jackson. They, they were coming out with their first fishing kayak, which was the Kusa. Um, and it was designed according to what I was reading because it hadn't came out yet. Um, this was a river company that was a whitewater, predominantly led the whitewater world with uh, river kayaks, whitewater kayaks. 
and they were going to do a fishing kite. And um, so I just kind of like, you know, hey, I, I need one that's made for fishing rivers. And they are launching a boat and they know rivers. So if they can figure out the fishing side of it, this could be one of the best boats um, for river fishing. And they were pretty innovative back then. They were the first to do like the um, external frame seat that would go high and low. And now everybody has that. And some rod staging, they, they made it where you could stand up and fish. And, and so they were kind of the first, some of the first to do a lot of the things you see as a standard in a lot of boats now. And so I went and pre-ordered it um, and then just kind of fell in love with that kayak and heard they were coming out with more of a flatwater uh, version, um, which was the CUDA. And uh, I was kind of wanting the best tool for like inshore red fishing. Cause like I said, I lived in Florida for years. So I was trying to find excuses to get back to that kind of fishing as well. So I ended up buying that kayak. And so now I've got two Jacksons and I'm just like a big fanboy, right. Of Jackson. Mm -hmm. and, and I love their boats. And I guess, uh, uh, one thing led to another and I met some people, uh, started fishing some tournaments for redfish, the IFA redfish tour just to get, so it gave me an excuse to travel away from North Carolina. Um, and because those run up and down the coast from South Carolina all the way around to Louisiana. And so I was traveling to fish some of those and, and I did actually, I did pretty well. I think I took fourth my second year at the national championship. Oh, um, nice. Super happy with, yeah. um, Actually, no, that was the first year out of the gate, um, took fourth. Um, but anyway, that led me to getting on their team. So, like, I just basically applied to be part of their pro staff. And then I met some of the people and was like, hey, what do you guys need? Like, how could I turn this into a job? And they needed content. Um, so I bought a DSLR and started YouTube and how to turn it on <laughs> and which direction to point it. And then, um, yeah, just – like it kind of led to creating kind of our own in-house media production company, if you will. And, um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And I've done other things for them. I've, I've tech repped for them and I've worked for other brands here and there doing marketing and media and, you know, going to trade shows and sales. And I've worked part-time at some dealers too, just to kind of make ends meet as I tried to transition from construction job into um, doing this fishing thing. Yeah. outstanding that's cool yeah that's a hustle for sure yeah. there's a lot of days where my wife definitely supported me so she's a nurse and uh we joked that when she got her nursing degree that i was going to quit and go fishing um because you know i worked while she was in school well it Sounds literally reasonable. was about a week and a half after she got her degree that i like was like hey i'm gonna quit my job and try this fishing <laughs> thing and uh so that's it wasn't great. a joke, I guess. Yeah. The joke's on her. <laughs> she is in, in the business, that's what we, yeah, call, we call a keeper. A, a keeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we've been <laughs> together. I think we've been married for 15 years, so I think I'll stick stick it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something's working. Do, do you paddle or do you pedal? So for years, we didn't have, you know, like since then, I've been a Jackson guy, right? You know, worked with them, been on their team. And we didn't have a pedal kayak for a long time so for a long time i kind of paddled and for most of what i do um which is a lot of river fishing like i said and then some um inshore stuff i'm gonna stand up and, and be paddling the kayak from a standing position looking for reds and that kind of thing um so mostly paddle 
but then we launched our pedal drive and that did kind of, there are certain situations where I really do like the pedal drive. If you're trying to hold position, especially like offshore fishing, um, if you're going offshore and you're trying to troll, um, for kingfish or, uh, you know, even trying to hold over a wreck for snapper or something like that. Or if you're inshore, but you're fishing like deeper water for big bull reds or something, and you just want to hold the boat, the pedal drive is, is worth its weight in gold because you can just keep your hands free, uh, make more cast, uh, throughout the day. Um, so I'm, uh, I guess to answer your question, it's luckily I have the opportunity to have a couple of different boats. So I do have kind of the right boat for the right situation. And so sometimes it's pedal and sometimes it's paddle. That's the way to do it. Multiple boats for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm taking notes. I'll yeah. bet you are. It looks like a used kayak slash boat dealership at my house. I've got a couple of skiffs in the yard and three or four paddle boards. And I think one, two, I can see them as reason I'm looking this way. I think I've got six kayaks laid out right now. Um, so yeah, yeah. Shop. there's worse <laughs> problems to have. I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. You know, on your Instagram page, there is, I mean, it looks like, a, like every picture is a different boat. Yeah. That's probably because it is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there's an easy way yeah, to fix that problem. Just start selling them to all your friends. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I've done. And now everybody around here has a Jackson kayak. Can, can we switch gears a little and talk about redfish? No. And I knew you weren't going to uh, let that we, go long, Stevie. Go. Please. That's definitely so one I, of my favorite topics in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been – so I, we, I get to North Carolina once a year, and every year That's I try to true. catch redfish. It's like three times a year. Three times a month. No, just once, once in North Carolina. And, and I've been doing this for 10 or 12 years now. And every year I try to catch a redfish. And that's kind of like a that's a, a bucket list fish for me. We do you can go to the, the beach here in Maryland in, in the fall, uh, and there's some small ones, you know, you catch off the pier, but there's there's not, you know, slot reds or certainly not or there might be slot reds there, but there's not bull reds, you big, know, like big you catch bull reds is, is Stevie's big, dream. You know, yeah. And that, that, that's like a, the one I that's caught. a bucket list fish for me. Even bigger, you know, oh, like gotcha. a 40 plus a reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 40 plus is a, a bucket list fish for me. And, but I'd be happy with what was yours? Will 28 or 31, something like that. Not, I don't remember. Just I'd, massive. I'd be plenty happy with that. I don't know what I'm doing wrong because I, I, I can't seem to find anyone to tell me. To be I, I honest, wish I could you say um, more about North Carolina, but I've spent a lot more time fishing South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and and really a lot more time fishing uh, Louisiana than I have probably any other state. That's the place um, for reds, isn't it? And that's what I was going to say. Like, if you just want to get that monkey off your back, you just need to bite the bullet and go to Louisiana because I swear you can just, like, blind cast and you'll catch Really? Like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable down there. And there are – like, I have fished North Carolina and I have caught reds in North Carolina. But um, I think what you have happen, or at least what I've seen anyway in North Carolina, is you get a lot of smaller fish that kind of come up into the marsh – but you do have, I mean, North Carolina actually holds a world record for the largest redfish ever caught. But those redfish school up and they become kind of hard to catch. It's not like you're going to go 
Um, like in Louisiana, you could see one cruising that's over 40 inches just with its back out of the water up in the marsh. Oh, man. Um, and yeah, you don't right. see that, or at least in my experience, I haven't seen that in, in North Carolina as much. It's more of a cut bait on the bottom, you know, like your catfishing kind of thing. Really? And but they you get the big barrel. I mean, they got some big and, and same in Virginia. Um, there's some big redfish in Virginia and North Carolina, but um, it's just like for what I do is mostly the sight fishing game, but you want to be around oysters, you want to be around tidal waters that where the fish are kind of waiting to be able to get up into creeks and in grassy areas where they've got a lot of bait fish and, and crabs and stuff that they can feed on. Um, so it does happen. Uh, Oak Island's a good place to go. Uh, that's where I go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably one of the better, actually. Um, really? For redfish, yeah. But you got to oh, get man. in the marsh, man. You got to eat the, the pier yeah. thing. I mean, what was it's the last time you were in the marsh? The yeah. I'm, well, I went on, ch- took a charter last year and we caught flounder and trout, but no, uh, I think no red. Brad, I think Stevie needs to come with us to Virginia yep. Beach. We catch him off the surf up yep. there. So yeah, or you need and they to do that the in North Carolina too. They catch, they can catch them off the surf, but it is a year, it's a time of year kind of kind of thing when they're moving yeah. um, in the bigger schools off the surf. Now I like so to tell Stevie it's a skill been... thing. <laughs> yeah, you aren't holding your yeah. mouth right. That's the problem. <laughs> that that's crazy. I, I've been going to Oak Island for ten or twelve years and uh, just can't. But it's not not in the marsh, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, even like Louisiana, for example, I say that they're everywhere, and they are everywhere, but you can go out there and and you can go in one pocket, they'll just be empty, and you're like, there's no redfish here, and you, you, know, you paddle a quarter mile and go into another pocket, and it'd just be completely loaded with redfish. Hmm. Um, and then you try to, like, figure out, okay, why are they here and not over here? Like, what's the difference? It looks the same. Um, so that being said, I mean, you know, just because doesn't mean they're not fish there. It just like, they just may be, it's almost like you have to find a spot within the spot. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, so, sorry to derail us guys. I, but when somebody not. brings up redfish, I have to. No, it's one of my favorite, like, I, I love smallmouth fishing in rivers and I love catching redfish. And I mean, you, you said you've been on my Instagram, so, you know, I've caught a lot of different oh, species yeah. of fish. But yeah. they're my two favorite out of everything that I've ever like. They're the ones I'm going to continue to target, um, like that I lose sleep at night about, and trying to figure out like how I'm going to, you know, catch them different ways and whatnot. That's so. awesome. And if you don't want to answer this question, I completely understand. But when you are at home in North Carolina, targeting smallmouth on those rivers, what's your go-to setup? No, I'll definitely answer it um, for sure. Like, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that I could tell most people exactly what I'm throwing and where I'm throwing it, and they probably still couldn't figure it out. So, <laughs> all right, try me. Uh, that's what I tell my buddy. That's what I tell my buddies anyway. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. You're not going to be able to replicate it. Um, but no, I, 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 I think it's fun to share like with people what uh, you know what's working, so that they can you know go out and have a good time too. And I've been I've worked with Z-Man, so I, I have to kind of preface this that I do work with Z-Man, but I started working with Z-Man because I was using their baits and really impressed with them. So uh, I sure. almost exclusively throw um, like Z-Man plastics and a lot of their um, different baits. And my go-to setup, like I'm always going to have a chatterbait tied on and 
it's an expensive chatterbait, but they made me a firm believer, and I was very skeptical about it. But that jackhammer, um, yeah. I've just I've seen it work, man. Like I fished with the guys from Z-Man, and they were throwing like the Project Z and some of the other chatterbaits, and I like put the jackhammer on and just you know outfish them. It's it's a really good searching uh, uh, bait, so it it kind of digs and just bounces off the rocks a different way than some of the other baits huh. do. It hunts. That's what they call it anyway. Yeah. Um, is it's a hunting bait, and so. There's something to it, but yeah, chatterbait is always going to be tied on. Uh, I really like like a spook or a spook junior. Um, so I'll either have a one knocker or, or, a, uh, a spook tied on usually. Um, and this is mostly like spring to summer patterns. Uh, of course this time of year for us, it's like a very early morning or late afternoon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so it's a lot harder during the, during the mid part of the day you'll get a lot of small fish but if you want those big fish it's going to be a morning thing usually and then a spinnerbait works really good so i'll throw and for years i threw the booyah um spinnerbait from walmart i just go get a chartreuse spinnerbait three eighths ounce um and that thing has caught more i've won tournaments on that bait like it's i've caught more fish on that cheap spinnerbait from walmart um and it was just easy to get like it was at every walmart that ever went in Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been throwing the sling blades from Z-Man and I like those a lot too. They're great spinner bait as well. Um, and then you running trailers on those spinner baits. Yeah. So the booyah one, I would always get a pack of the zoom, like split tail. I don't even remember what it's called. Um, but I would just get a chartreuse one and I, I'd have a pack of those. Like the super flu. Um, so it's like a little grub and it has like a full oh, tail. Uh, yeah just okay. a little short like tiny little short like solid piece and then it fork tail kind of okay. and uh z-man actually makes a trailer like that and then the other thing i've I put they make a, a bait called a slam swims that's uh got a little paddle tail to it and i'll i'll tip a spinner bait with that if i want a little more thump and on the chatter baits i throw their razor shad which is a, a, a bait a plastic they design to to pair with the uh, chatterbait as it just makes it swim yeah. really well. Um, and if you need a little more thump, you can put like a diesel minnow on or just any kind of paddle tail swim bait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a great, great bait. And there, and it, there's different ones and you kind of have to try them in because sometimes certain ones work better than others in different um, areas and different sizes. But I tend to like, the rivers we fish around here are rocky and they are up there as well. And, and so I like it to be in contact with, with the boulders, not necessarily dragging the bottom, but if there's a rock that's sticking off the bottom, I definitely want it to hit that hit and it. go yeah. around it um, and kind of dart and stuff. And so if there's a lot of current, I'll do a half ounce, um, you know, three eighths to a half is kind of like the go-to, but I use a half a lot. Yeah. I don't know if there's, if this is the right way to put it or not, because I'm also, have been converted in my life but i mean there are some amazing companies out there ritex an amazing amazing bait company that's up and coming and, uh-huh. but um never heard of have enough free time if so we went to canada and we i caught every bit of 100 walleyes and a couple pike and then came home and caught multiple largemouth bass on one white diesel minnow literally yeah. i never had to change mm-hmm. my bait for a month and I caught hundreds of fish on it. And now had they been, I mean, and we, we go in spurts. I mean, before Z-Man, I was a big, huge Kitech fan, and yeah. it still has its place in my heart. However, yeah. I would have went through 600 
four inch contacts. Oh, there's for some, the, there's for that something one to be white. said for the durability of that elastic. It, is it, it's a, it, it took me a while to get used to rigging it. And I think this is one of the bigger complaints that a lot of people have is that it's, it's difficult sometimes to get it to set properly on the jig head or on there. I don't have but there's any some problem. tricks don't, you kind of learn. You don't even use the keeper, man. Just run a small bead of super glue right on the shank of the hook. Mm-hmm. Don't even use yep. the keeper. Put it on. Wait five minutes. It won't come off all day. You don't yeah, even have to put that, it on a keeper helps anymore. A lot for sure. Yeah, yeah. So once you figure that part out, man, like you said, I've I've caught. I think at one point I had the same trailer on a chatterbait that I caught fish on three different states. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that bait just rode on my um, rod, and I never. I'm like, why change it? It still works. That's, That's great. There's no point. And I asked him one time, like, how do you guys even make money? Because if you wanted to, you could just keep using this bait. But uh, they joked and they said colors. So a lot of people want different colors. <laughs> and uh, so, um, I know I'm a big fan of them and, and I am, I do work with them. They don't pay me or anything, but um, you know, I, I get bait. So I just have to let people know that. Cause some people, sometimes people think, Oh, well you're getting them. So you have to say that. No, I, I, I really enjoy their product. And when I can't get on my buy them, I mean, I bought, uh, they ran out of jackhammers, and uh, I got on like Tackle Warehouse and bought up like 150 bucks worth of jackhammers because I knew they were going to be calling. And I mean, they just work that good, man. Like, yeah. But honestly, anybody so. who would who would come at you and say something like that, I would I would challenge them to just buy something super easy, real entry level price wise. Just get one pack of Ned rigs and a TRD. Pick any yeah. color you want, and if it doesn't work and you're not impressed, then don't ever buy a Z-Man again, but I promise you, you'll, yeah. you'll be back. You can throw <laughs> well, I mean, anybody of water you, and catch a fish. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You say that, that you know, about the Ned Rig, and for years until I started, I guess you call it power fishing, um, I was convinced that all you needed was a Cinco or something like that, like Wacky Rig, and yeah. I caught tons of smallmouth on that, and I used to guide, and that's what I would like put on everybody's rod I'd like just throw this and don't do anything just let it, <laughs> just let it float go. down the river and somewhere along the way i transitioned into throwing bigger and you know faster moving baits top waters and um you know it's like i kind of forget that those baits like work as good as they do and occasionally i'll pull that ned rig out and uh you, you know it'll catch a lot of little fish but you'll You'll catch big fish on oh, that. Oh yeah, thing. oh yeah. Logan caught a forty-four pound flathead on a Ned rig down there. Jeez. Smashed it in the fall. Yep, picked it up. My biggest redfish was not on a Ned rig, but it was. I was looking for a jig head in my box. They used to make a crab, um, and you know the shrooms uh, head that they make for the Ned rig, the real light wire. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A shroom style jig head. I had that in the box, so I, I put that on, and um, I was just sight fishing, mostly slot fish all day. And I, it's a light wire hook, but if you have your drag set and you're in a kayak, so they're going to pull the boat around before they really do too much damage. But we put we came up on this flat, and there was some big black drum. I mean, 20, 30 pound black drum with their backs out of the water, <laughs> and I'm trying to get in front of one of these fish, and uh, they just are giving me the slit. And the, it's, it's crazy they can be completely out of the water and then just disappear. They only need like a few more inches and they can just sneak off and they go. Really mm-hmm. um, and I looked over and I thought I was looking at a black drum. That's what I thought because the sun was just lighting the side of this fish up. I'm like, Holy crap, that thing's bigger than any of these other ones. Well, it's tail was out of the water and it had a faint spot that I could see on its tail. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not a black drum. That is a big red. And so I went over there and put that thing in front of it and it ate, and then I was like immediately, I mean, I had 15 pound test line on a 
you know, medium spinning rod <laughs> with oh that my. light wire hook. And this fish oh. ate this thing, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Crap. So, yeah, my buddy came over um, and helped me, and we measured that fish. When I finally landed, like 20 minutes later, I got its head. All I could get in the net was its head. Mm. Um, it was over. It was right at the 50 inch mark. Mm. I had a, a measuring wow. tape on the paddle, so I had to mark. And the paddle it... went to 45, and I had to mark where its tail ended. So we we, we made a mark on it, and then when we got back, it's, we measured it. It was 50 inch fish. Oh, so just get rid of your kayak and ride that thing. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It was, you have to I break like, it first. I was so pumped because I never broke the 50 mark, which I still haven't. I guess broke it, but at least I've gotten to that. That's incredible. Mark, I just can't believe that. Like, you know, a 50 inch fish on uh, light tackle. I have one frame of reference, and, and I I don't know how long I took to get mine in, but there are big surf rods. Go off ahead of and tell the story, bud. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not Number trying one. to get down that road. I'm just saying, it. like, I popped a couple with those big rods and the, and the, you know, 30, 40 pound braid and all that stuff. You know, and and you're using 15 pound on a 50 inch fish. It just doesn't. It shouldn't have happened. I, I, That's where the <laughs> don't horsem comes in. Yeah. I, I will say the next day on a hook set of a 30 inch fish, that rod broke. So I may have weakened. Good so. for good. I'm glad it did. Said, Isn't it funny that he's? It's funny he said that because I broke my rod on our river trip last night. Yeah. And it was the same rod that I caught that. Cal no stingray the other day in the bay on the well, little bass rod. They're one and done. You just need to toss them one after a big fish. Yep. Like, yeah. It's like a <laughs> retire them. That's what I should have done. I should have retired it and like, hey, you caught this fish. You're done. Yep. You did your job. Put it yeah. up on the wall with a you plaque. D- you did your time, soldier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the biggest, I think the funniest or part of that story is I got a really close friend that lives here in North Carolina and we do the Louisiana thing every year. Um, and he, claimed the day before we caught a lot of really nice fish a lot of bull reds well i consider anything over like 36 inches to be like approaching that bull mark sure uh some people say anything over slot i've heard people say over 40 i've always just called it 36 and above is you know you're creeping into bull territory so we caught a lot of fish in that like 36 to 40 inch range the the couple days that i mean it was just epic for a couple days um, anyway, at the end of the day, we were getting back on, we had mother shipped. Um, so a boat had dropped us off in the marsh, like eight miles from the launch. And, uh, at the end of the day, he comes back. He's like, man, I just saw a 50 inch fish. I know it had to be 50 inches. And he's, he's describing it. And he's like, man, it looked like it had a smiley face on its tail. The spot looked oh, like a smiley wow. face. And I'm like, no way, dude. You didn't see no 50 inch fish, maybe a 40 inch. Like we haven't seen a fish that big down here. Like, and I've been going there for years. Next day. I caught the fish and it was 50 inches. It had a smelly face dot on <laughs> it. It had a smelly face on its tail. And if you scroll back through the Instagram stuff, it's on there. It's, That's it's wild. pretty far back. It's a couple Have years a nice ago. Day. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh he was like, I, I told you it was 50 inches. Have you fished out like, of well. have you fished out of flamingo before? I have, yeah. I've done that a couple times. Um, so we when we went down to the keys this year, that's where we were going, and then we got diverted due to uh winds and then on yeah. our, is that our, legal what's that fishing Fish, on a flamingo Fish for <laughs> yes if you have you to have hold to on tight that makes sense you gotta break you gotta, them first you have to have pink 
Capri, so you don't yeah. get in trouble. It doesn't look like it's you're on. It's not hard to fish off of them, but it is hard to catch them. So the, the <laughs> wild, that part, uh, you the wild thing Natter about days. Flamingo was was when we when we went when we went down that way when we were going to go to Flamingo was the fact that they have the salty crocodiles laying on the boat ramps. Oh yeah. Um, which di- which is another reason why I quietly diverted and went down to the Keys. <laughs> Oh, they're down there too. You just don't see them as much. I didn't see them as much now. <laughs> Saw a lot of sharks where we were, but the uh, the thing about that for me, like fishing from the kayak and, and and getting started around rivers, you don't see stuff like that when no, you're floating yeah. the river. I mean, I, I've seen a black bear occasionally run away from the bank, but nothing you know that toothy is in the river. Right. Some musky, but I'm not really afraid of those. But you know, the first time I was fishing an IFA event down in Titusville, Florida. And where I wanted to go, there was an alligator, probably about an eight footer, like just surface, yeah. you know, just hanging out nope. between like where I'm at and where I want to go. Guess I pick another spot. Yep. I'm like, man, I really want to go over there. And uh, I'm watching him and he kind of, I just, I'm going to paddle slowly toward him and see what he does. So he just kind of sunk out of, out of sight, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, he probably like went to one side or the other. So I'm going to keep going. And I paddled on by. Well, a few minutes later, you know, I'm doing the over-my-shoulder thing the whole time. I'd imagine. Um, (laughs) But I start to relax, and I'm like, all right, I think I'm good. About that time, a freaking manatee blew, like stuck its head up and blew right beside my (laughs) back, which I had never seen one of them either, right? So (laughs) this thing sticks its head up and blows, and I thought I was just – I thought I'd crap myself. Well, that's what I say. Did you bring an extra And I'm like, you know, stupid manatee. And uh, anyway, since then, I've just stupid like manatee. I've been around them a lot. In fact, there was a cover shot. It's like it's funny, like all the fish I've caught, I've never gotten a cover photo on a, on a magazine. I finally got one and it's me pr- pretending like I'm going to sneak up behind this alligator and choke it. So in the foreground of the shot of Kayak, Kayak Angler magazine, there's like a, a, a three legged alligator up on this log down in the Okie Finoki swamp. And I'm like behind it, like doing the whole like choking thing. Like I'm about to pounce on it. Um, and so that's the photo that ended up making, like out all these years of trying to get something on the magazine. If you're going to um, sneak up on a gator, best to sneak up on a three legged yeah. gator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, he yeah. already knows. He knows he's, he can be beat. It's what we're talking <laughs> about. Mind. We're talking to somebody that would know like the, so the, my first encounter this year with, with the manatees, we were in pretty shallow water headed out early in the morning. It was just cracking daylight. And I was actually running a, 2.3 horsepower honda on the back of the kayak to get across the keys quicker to where we wanted to fish nice. yeah and i was headed out and i bet you the the water was probably chin deep shoulder deep something like that as we were running across and it was flat dead mirror calm and it was a gorgeous morning the sun was coming up and all of a sudden the displacement of the water i must have woken up or spooked this manatee and it yeah. it picked the front of the kayak up like not off the water, but obviously <laughs> displaced enough water to, you know, rock and roll the kayak. And yeah, it took me a second to, is it a bull shark? Is it until I figured out what it was, but uh, yeah, they're power. They're, they, they're so docile looking, but when you, when you come up on one, man, they can move. And oh, they, it did. Man, it took off. They were super cool though. I have to say that if in all the kayaking years I have of seeing cool things on the rivers and stuff, I honestly think the manatees were some of my favorite things because they did. They came right up and checked the kayaks yeah. out, and oh, they're very curious. Yeah, yeah I, 
it, I've seen them. Some of the cooler places that I've seen them is, is some of the um, clear, very clear water springs that are down in Florida. Yeah. They'll come all the way up from saltwater to these spring heads in the wintertime because it's always going to be in the 70s um, at those spring heads, that water tip. And they'll come up in the winter um, and just, you'll, it'd be so clear that water's like gin clear and you'll paddle over these, you know, manatees are just hanging out in that clear water, just staying warm (laughs) and uh, miles and miles away from saltwater. Like it's, it's crazy. Hmm. Stevie, are you done with your whole bull red talk? Can I ask him a different question? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. It's, it's we, hard. I know. I, that's all I, I want to talk about. So you're in North Carolina. Do you guys have big predatory flatheads down there? Yeah, we do. Um, I haven't really ever targeted them that much. Uh, I've caught them as like bycatch because they will hit a lure, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So like smallmouth fishing, throwing spoons and different stuff. I've caught some pretty nice um, flatheads in the river. Um, but we definitely have them for yeah. sure. I think he needs to come up with us and go out on the Susquehanna. Since so I got, the, I got a chance to fish the Susky, um, a couple of years ago in October. Oh. And we just, I mean, we waylaid the, this is in Pennsylvania. And we, I mean, we caught so many smallmouth that was stupid. Yeah. Where at? Well, so I wish I, I wish I could even like tell you exactly where I was, but it was one of those trips where I took the Winnebago and I had like three different locations that we actually met people at. Yeah. Um, and so we actually fished the middle yacht one day and caught some brown trout and fish. I mean, uh, smallmouth. And then we went to, um, we fished the Susquehanna in two different locations. And the only thing I can tell you is that the shop that we were working with is called Shanks Mare. Um, and it's a kayak shop and it's right on the river. And that's one of the locations that we went was in that area. And I have to look back to see what the town was. Cause I just parked my Winnebago right in his driveway. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's the other place was up river further, um, where one of my buddies just sent dropped a pin and I don't even know the name of that town, but, <laughs> uh, we, the, I know that it, it had a big Island that kind of forked it in that area because the, I fished the new river a lot and it's the headwaters of the new river. Um, so when I, it's easier for me to dissect, when I first saw the Susquehanna, I was like, I have no idea like how to break this water down. It's just so wide and so big yeah. and it all looks fishy. And it's kind of like what we were talking about with the redfish. Like you're not going to find a smallmouth behind every rock, but if you get into them, you're probably going to get into several of them. And mm-hmm. so the first few days, I know one place is iconic. There was a statue of Liberty out in the middle of the water. You guys probably know. Hey! Uh. Hmm. so that, i fished there but uh didn't do that well there but again it was so wide and it was just like i don't even know how to like take this in yeah. um He's but the, the place we went uh the day before that or i think it was the day before that anyway um the islands had broke the river into smaller sections and it was a lot easier for me to break down and, and we did really well that a couple of days there so yeah right. he, that's right. literally our our backyard i mean it's yeah. it's crazy yeah. to me how thick those fish are and healthy the fish are yeah like, we were just up there yesterday yeah right yeah. where you were yeah. yeah like an 18 inch fish there would outweigh our 21 22 inch fish down here mm. really uh, yeah for sure i mean like i've caught i've caught three pound fish that were over 20 and up there, I feel like you know that's not going to happen. Like if it's a twenty-inch fish, it's going to be a five, six-pound fish every time. 
or at least that was the the short week or two that I was there. That's what I saw. Like we'll, every eighteen inch. We'll like go with that. The fish, <laughs> the fish are like the people up here. Yeah, a little shorter, yeah. a little chubbier, yeah. thick. Yeah, well, I wish I, they're definitely opposite of the people here <laughs> because they, they're like like some of them are just thin, but they get long. I don't I don't know, and and, and it could be that they just grow lengthwise faster because the water's warmer here. But, yeah. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed your time up here, man. We have a really special oh, beautiful. river. Absolutely beautiful. If you guys are in that area, Shanks Mare is a, a, a kayak dealer. Um, they're also kind of one of those shops that carries a, like, you know, Patagonia and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they got a lot of uh, fishing kayaks and it's a pretty yeah, cool we, shop. We spoke with those guys at uh, at the Great American Outdoor Show yeah, about, about their place down there. Yep. That building has been there for, I don't know, I mean, it's like a 100-year-old, 120-year-old building. You ever made it up for that, the Great American Outdoor Show, Harrisburg? I haven't made it to that one, no. Well. Sounds like a good time, though. If you come on up, you got, like, seven houses to stay at. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, don't tempt me with a good time, because I'm one of those guys that will show up. (laughs) Although, that time of year, there's not much to do. If there's ice, we could ice fish, do a little goose hunting. That's something I've never done before, is is ice fish. Like It looks like it'd be just a good time to hang out and... It's yeah, it can be, and and uh, as long as the ice is sticking, uh, <laughs> we're right on the threshold where we live in Pennsylvania that we have, we can have really good ice for one winter, and then you don't see it safe ice for two winters or three winters. Yeah. Or, it, it's one of those things we say it every time. You have to like drop what you're doing. Yeah, it's ice fishing time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like because it could be gone in three days. <laughs> yeah, thickness. Yeah. And until that first hole is drilled, everybody's following that COVID's rule of six foot oh, distance yeah. between mm-hmm. each other <laughs> you just get longer rods you know and, you, and that way you can sit further away from the hole That's and right. spread spread out in a oh i fish shape. i fish with like a 14 foot rod when i'm ice fishing mm-hmm. <laughs> crappie rod. he's a big crappie rod mm-hmm. yeah the whole thing is different Try to me and i've known some people that you know do it a lot but i just i've never done it so i wouldn't even know pulling one of those giant musky through a hole is just like oh it's I mean, crazy not even understand yeah. how that yeah. stevie sits in his kayak in the ice i do that's I, what i would probably do just because i'd be more comfortable well you have to wear a life jacket even when you're on the ice because it's yeah. it's non-swimming it's month between, yeah it's what's it november to may or whatever what were you saying brad uh you mentioned your winnebago um your how you travel around and you do a lot of fishing around the country like what's your year look like what like when do you when do you start fishing i guess you do a lot of winter fishing in down the you know florida and louisiana and stuff like that but like yeah, what's your do. your year look like so the covid thing has definitely changed it um for sure uh but let's say a typical year before all all the stuff was canceled and you're not traveling and stuff um it's a lot of it's based on product launches um so part of my job if you want to call it that is um figuring out where i can take product that's coming out what makes sense for that product so if it's a if it's a river boat um like that's one reason we were up on the susquehanna and in, in pennsylvania was two reasons we had product we wanted to show off and, and and get content for um and it made sense to be on rivers but also we have dealers up there so um i visited a couple of our dealers and we got them involved in the in the content creation so they would have content um, to share out. So I try to plan my year, uh, kind of based on that. And a lot of times we're working on new product, um, you know, starting in like April, March, um, you know, 
up until the launch, which is usually around ICAST. So July is when we try to launch stuff. Uh, so it's kind of real heavy travel, a lot of content creation, trying to get shots for catalogs, uh, shots for social media, and then also like the promo and walkthrough videos. So the day that that boat gets launched um, or that product gets launched, they've got everything they need to, to do a successful launch campaign. And it's usually around, um, there's two big shows that are important in paddle sports and it's ICAST for the fishing side of it. Um, and a, a show called Paddle Sports Retailer, which used to be Outdoor Retailer. Um, and then they kind of separated Paddle Sports from the outdoor, like the whole outdoor industry. Um, and that shows in August. So it was always like July, mid-July for ICAST. And a couple of weeks later, we're going, you know, to, to the Paddle Sports show. Um, and so those are your two launch shows typically. Um, and then after that, it's just... Uh, just getting like lifestyle content and just keeping it flowing through the year. And so I try to plan, you know, when's the best time to be somewhere to fish, you know, but the downside to that is it's typically the same time everywhere. Like you, it's yeah. like, I was gonna and say, when's the best time to go like smallmouth fishing in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania, October, when's the best time to go red fishing, October, when's the best, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, and that's what ends up happening. And we end up in Florida during the winter because of the weather and, but the the fishing in Florida is not better in the winter. It's actually better in like the hottest, most miserable time of the year. Um, for for like the Keys, for example, like you want to be down there like July, August, September, um, or in April, May, March that time frame. Huh. Um, but the winter, that. it's like oh, I want to go where it's warm. But the wind blows twenty five miles an hour every day in the winter down there. So it's yeah. um, and then in Louisiana it can be winter, but yeah, so it's just a lot of it's that. There's also been years where, like, one year um, I just planned this big, like, road trip around the whole country in the, in the RV, and so I just tried to plan stops, you know, along the route. Um, and so I think it changes a little bit every year, but I would say a good year I'm on the road over 200 days. Mm. Let me ask you. Take your no. Let me ask a question. <laughs> Back or down, Steve. Let's rewind, Stevie. You've asked <laughs> enough questions. When you're out on the when you're out on the water, let's talk about kayak fishing versus. And I know getting the proper shots and, and the right cameras are important to what you're doing. How do you protect your camera while you're on your kayak? So that was, uh, that's definitely been a learning curve. I went through several pieces of equipment. I think I'm on my fourth or fifth drone at this point. Um, but a good dry bag is just like a necessity. And I've even found that some are better than others. NRS makes a really good one. Watershed is a company that makes dry bags for the military. Um, so they can like carry their, their weapons, their, their electronic equipment and stuff when they're, uh, you know, launching through wet conditions. And so Watershed has probably been my most trusted uh, brand to work with that I've used for my higher end equipment. Uh, it's like a Ziploc style dry bag, okay. um, but nice. they're just bomber. I mean, they work really well. They're not cheap. I mean, it's a couple hundred dollars for one of their dry bags, but you know, I'm putting a $4,000 camera in it. So yeah. probably, good probably worth it. That's a good investment. Dude, yeah, and then there's some things you just accept. Like do. Yeah, it, you just accept that you're probably gonna lose a drone every once in a while, or yeah. you're probably gonna lose, 
Um, you know, so it's like a trade-off. You don't want to go too crazy. Um, we're always looking for the best camera, best drone, best gear for what we call run and gun and, but without breaking the bank. So like run and gun is like where you're moving a lot, you're hiking, you're paddling, you're, you're doing something. You don't want a big bulky setup that has a lot of moving parts. You want something compact that's still going to get you a good enough quality. Um, so we're always on the hunt for that best what camera and we found some pretty good ones um, what uh, work really well what lenses are you going with for when you're filming buddies and stuff like that when you're filming the show so I, I, for years i use nikon um so nikon dslr we did most of our video and our photography with one of their dslrs the d750 and we use their lenses um so like try the, to get like size wise like uh, like is it 70 <laughs> to 200 or yeah, so for me, I have found that if I can find a good lens that will go from like one of the lenses I use a lot is a twenty-eight to three hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an Icon lens. Another one I have is an eighteen to two hundred. So they're not like super high-end lenses. I mean, they're still good lenses, good sure. glass. But um, the idea is that if I can get a good range without having to take that lens off and swap it while I'm on the water. Um, that's really key, especially like saltwater. I mean, the air alone around saltwater is just going to ruin stuff. So yeah, you're you want to be opening up the body and, and stuff. So like my, my production camera, I, I run an 18 to 200 on it most of the time. And that 28 to 300 on my Nikon, which is my photo slash backup video camera gotcha. is uh, the lens that I use most of the time on that one. And because I can't, I can't hold past like 200 or so steady when I'm on a kayak. Sure. That makes sense when I'm filming. Absolutely. Um, so anything more than that is just like useless from a film standpoint, because I can't hold the, the camera steady enough without a tripod to, to shoot further than that. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you don't want to be changing out lenses when the boat's rocking. And that's yeah. the bottom no, line. Just, you get one of those fancy not a lot of, fluid not a lot of real estate for stuff to fall mm-hmm. either. <laughs> if it falls in the kayak, it's probably going in the water. Copy that. Well, since you're doing all this stuff, like I want to know what's the what's the craziest or most precarious thing position you put yourself in in order to get content. Like, what's the thing that you've done that you like be, look back and like my wife would have been pissed or beyond the three legged gator. Be, well, <laughs> yes, I mean we've already gone past and it. getting Eskimo kisses from. uh from the manatees. Manatees, manatees, yeah. Manatees, yeah. There's been some times that I've climbed or maybe jumped in the water. Um, I know one time we were shooting down in Louisiana, and that was one of the kayak fishing shows, uh, catching yellowfin tuna. Um, and I don't know that it was really that dangerous. I mean, there was a storm coming, but it just didn't dawn on me like how deep and how like out in the middle of nowhere we were. It was we were in three thousand plus feet of water, and I didn't. <sighs> The depth finder only read, like he had it set to read the top 300. So I'm just like looking at this dude. We were on like this big sport, like Freeman, Adamaran boat. And I looked at the thing and it said 300 feet. So I'm like, whatever, I'm going to jump in and get some shots um, of Jim. And he was fighting, the host of the show, he was fighting like a hundred pound tuna. And I'm like, you know, I'd already caught like two or three and this was like kind of the last one of the day and we were going to call it but we had no underwater footage so i Tired jumped catching in these I'm yeah just no sick for real dude you, they beat that that is a fish that physically hurts you like i had bruises and bled for a couple of days after. Oh. And 
but Can't so imagine. I jump in and I'm filming or whatever. And then I get back out and I'm like, that's kind of crazy to swim in 300 feet of water. And the captain's like, that was 3000 feet of water. Oof. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, it probably wasn't in any danger, but it just hits you weird. You're like, yeah, 3000 feet weird. of water. I don't, I don't know what's in there. Like this. <laughs> Um, but that, I mean, that was pretty cool. But then there's been some times where we've been offshore and I, and I wouldn't say that we intended on it, but you know, where storms rolled in and, and we might have pushed the envelope of staying out. And, um, I remember down in Panama, um, we paddled out to try to get to this wreck that was seven miles offshore or not a wreck, but like a pinnacle that was on the chart where like, there's definitely gonna be Marlin and stuff out there. How many times so, did you play Van Halen when you were down there? <laughs> uh i don't think we did actually good for you missed opportunity good for you <laughs> no nope, i think you did I'm it just right it, we, we probably should, should yeah, do that if we get to go back we do it classic but yeah when you, you get out there and you look back and there's a storm between you can't see the land because there's like a giant storm and you're like yeah should we keep going or absolutely turn back but <laughs> stevie did you have a question before i cut you off because i would have forgot my question if i wouldn't cut you off Oh no, you're good, bud. I I have lots more questions. That's well, your the time's thing. up. I got another question. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier, Stevie. What do you got? Well, I I don't know if we have time. We have lots of time. We have like three and a half minutes, <laughs> almost, have, give or take. Do we have three and a half minutes? I have seven hundred days to talk to this dude about fishing. <laughs> I didn't even get into how much I love fishing, and I've already. I'm going to ask him for the GPS coordinates to his house so we can go kayak fishing and well, we're going to make well, baits you guys together. Be asking is the coordinates to my camp in Louisiana because yeah. I have a camper permanently in Uh-oh. Louisiana. That's that, what I was. That's, man. That's, that's where you need to bring the campfire. That's what we need to that do. That was next. I didn't want to tell the whole world that one. Uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of cool, though, because like the, like the barrier to entry to like from um, bank fishing to actually getting in the water and like the things you can explore with kayak fishing is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like the way he took his just kayak fishing to making fishing his career, you know, is the same yeah. kind of thing. It's like that, that little, it's not that big of an investment to get a nice little kayak that you can fish off. And if you want to upgrade and do all the upgrades you want, and of course you've heard that all in this podcast, but mm-hmm. just to get off the bank opens your whole world of fishing up so much. hundred yeah. percent. And, and kayak fishing has changed and grown and, and evolved so much in the years that I've done it. Like, you know, people are running kayaks now that they've got over 10 grand invested in. Oh, yeah. By the time, you know, but the key thing to remember is you, you don't have to do that. And with with a kayak that you pay 800 bucks for, 700 bucks for, you know, a couple of rods, a paddle and a life jacket, and you can ultimately catch a marlin. I mean, yeah. like you could, you know, it's not like I'm not saying you everybody will but um it, it's oh, been we done we will it's been done and and uh jim you mentioned the host of the kayak fishing show he's landed 43 or something odd marlin off his what? and almost all of them were in a paddle kite um so it's not it, i think that's what's so intriguing to me about kayak fishing and and i believe me i love fishing off my skiff too um but with the kayak you're there is no limit uh, to what can be accomplished from the kayak. I mean, I got into it to fish rivers, but mm-hmm. now I have caught Wahoo. I've caught, uh, I've caught big, big tuna out of it. I've caught big bull reds out of it. I've caught giant barracuda. Rooster fish, fish, right? Like, 
I've caught rooster fish. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've caught, you know, mahi and like, I mean, there's ones that I want to check off that I haven't caught yet, but I guess my point is that it, it kind of kayak fishing made me more of an adventure fisherman, like seeking that like next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to take the kayak in the, in the truck and go anywhere in the country. And, um, and now with inflatables, you could fly with a kayak, like <laughs> and go, lately, you know, lately I've been having this reoccurring dream where I build one of these amazing rustic sprinter vans and, throw the kayak up on top and don't look back like for like six years until i hit 50 and then come back and be like i don't know what you're talking about i just left like i'm i'm back now and tell my job that i'm sorry i i was on an extended vacation hire me back state well every year that you put it off then you're gonna hit 50 closer and you'll have less time to do it so you should probably go ahead no i have no i have a couple family things going on that that are uh, need to be closed first. You got this, though. You should be planning it. Oh, I am planning it. That's why I've been building kayaks for years to Brad know out. how to do it correctly. Yeah. Brad got a welder. You guys will be yep. ready. He's going to help you. I, I, that, you know, <laughs> that's one of the cool things, too. We'll end this up on just the love of kayak fishing doesn't stop there. I mean, it's guys that love it. They work on their trailers. They upgrade their trailers. Just tinkering and rigging a kayak. Yep. I love rigging a kayak to the point where it was almost perfect, but it's not. So sell it and then buy another one and start over. <laughs> it's right. like it's like marijuana. It's a gateway addiction. <laughs> it is. Like if, to if, if I'm not fishing on it, I'm in the garage trying to bolt something to it or add something to it or mm-hmm. take away, you know, weight here. Yep. I think that speaks too to the community of it because what you just described is it's more than just the fishing. Yeah. It's more than just the rigging. It's more than doing it from a kayak. Like it's a it's a weird um hold that it has on on people and it really is the gateway and i think a lot of it what did it for me too was not just like okay i can take this kayak anywhere i can do this but when i started doing that when i actually started going to these places and going to these events whether it's tournaments or there used to be a really cool event and they still do them a little bit it's called the boondoggles but it's basically a the definition of boondoggles a waste of time and money and that's all it was but it was like, hey, you guys like kayak fishing? Here's a campground. I like We're all going to be hanging out at this campground, which also happens to be near a really cool area to fish. Um, would anybody like to come? Well, one of the events I went to had 475 people show up. Wow. And they booked out a whole state park. Um, and so you got all these like-minded people that are from, I mean, we got friends that came all the way from Maine that would drive to these things in Louisiana. And they just come from everywhere. And you start to see people like, build they they would buy or build campers or vans to just come to these events and yep. hang out so now they got their kayak but they're like it becomes so much more than just the fishing do you, um, do you walk in and be a, like these are my people yeah and it, it doesn't matter like you guys said a minute ago you know well you know come up here you got like seven places to stay now that's the kind of relationships you build with those people at those events yeah. and they become like lifelong friends to where you might not see them for two years, but you know, you're traveling through their area. You call them. They're like, yeah, man, crash in my place or right. whatever. And, That's awesome. Um, you just pick right up where you left off. And um, so like some of my best friends that I have, like we have that in common and I wouldn't have met if I hadn't have, you know, got into kayak fishing. And I've been in the boat world too, but I, and, and there's a lot, there is a community for different types of boating and that kind of stuff, but it's not the same, man. It's it just, isn't. No. Uh, we, we fish out of boats here too, but you've seen our Susquehanna. We, we have the ideal conditions here to 
you know, love kayak fishing. That that river Absolutely. just screams kayak fishing. Yeah, I mean, it's and that that type of fishery is what ultimately led me to the sport in the first place is being able to access water that you just you just can't get to yeah. I mean, any other way. Awesome. I'm, I hate to say this, but you know, we're we're out of time, and uh, don't say it. And I'm only saying it because <laughs> I. Down. Yeah, I'm looking at the computer and it's telling me I'm over time because I could keep talking all night. Actually, I'm just starting to wake up. I'd like to talk more. <laughs> and it's not because it was I had a long day at work. And, you know, what? here's the wild thing. You're right. I can spend 16 hours at the hospital and I would say 15 and a half hours of it. I'm dreaming about being in my kayak. So, yeah. you know, it's it is an addiction. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, ultimately, that's what happened to me is I was working less and less and less. And finally, I was like, this is, I just got to figure out how to like make money somehow doing this and, i'm proud of you that you um, did it i never figured it out absolutely it's been it's not always easy but you get it you, you know there's been good years yeah <laughs> well jameson i know where you are approaching time but before we let you go i gotta ask you a question do you like coffee i love coffee Ooh, that's interesting that is mm. really really fortunate coffee. because our good buddy denny vish <laughs> over at duck blind coffee has graciously offered to uh make sure all of our co-hosts get uh, sent a wonderful bag of his delicious coffee mm -hmm. that's true that sounds awesome so uh duck blind coffee you'll probably get the first flight yeah there you go which is delicious it is it's good but uh yeah if you want to hold on the line after we end this then we'll get some information make sure we get that delicious bag of duck blind coffee over to you so you we'll can make it worth your while bud you'll be Just able to hang out i'm, I'm I'm stoked. You'll be able to migrate on over to a better cup. That's <laughs> right. I heard that. Easy for me to Where say. Where do people go get it if they want it? Well, if what? anybody wants to get their own Duck Blind coffee, mm -hmm. you go to duckblind.online. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, Steve, we didn't get to talk about oh, right. Jameson's Traeger. We didn't get to talk about <laughs> yeah, any hunting that he does. Was, there's not there's... many people that make me sit here and not talk, but I had a hard time with this podcast because I didn't, I had like 10 questions at a time to, to ask and I was trying to pick which one and then the time had passed. Yeah. So thanks for talking about Bull Red, Stevie, for 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fault too. I can get off on that. <laughs> But all of those no, subjects, the Traeger is definitely we, a big one. That's a big part of my life. So. We have a saying here at Rotten River that it's never the co-host's fault. That's no, true. It's not your fault. It's, it's always Stevie's it's fault. It's Stevie. <laughs> I'll take it. You should. It was worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth the abuse. Hey, you could high step over that criticism with your Capris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your FS10. <laughs> well, Stevie, why don't you land this plane then for us, bud? Mm -hmm. Hey, Jameson. What's up? <laughs> if people want to keep up with you and you're traveling across the country hey, and North and South and all over the world, basically, where where can they? Uh, where's the best place to follow? It's you? it's really complicated. If they go on Instagram and they look for Jameson Redding at Jameson Redding, that's where they're going to find most. Of I like it. how you keep it simple. R e d d i n g. That's right. And Jameson like the whiskey. Don't try to put an I in it. Mm. J a m e s o n. Don't try and church it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to church it up. <laughs> Stevie, where can they find us? They can find us at RuttenRiverPursuits.com on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Rutten River Pursuits podcast. podcast. Download the podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. 
Do it. On Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. You know, I really heart those radios. You do, bud. I know you do, bud. You do. Thanks, Jamie. This is a great episode, bud. We really appreciate it. Loved it. Enjoy it. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. Stevie, I think you did a good job there. Mm -hmm. This was a great find. I owe it all to Will. No, don't give me credit. I just watched. All right, I'll tell you. This is all me. Will gets the credit. Stevie (laughs) gets the blame. That's what I'm getting out of this. I set him up. He dunked it. (laughs) Well, good job, boys. I'm proud of you. Another good week. All right. See you guys. Peace. Bring a weedless. Later. Rub his nose in it. Every year he try to catch redfish, and I never, I've never caught him. I've seen them caught around me, you know, on piers and stuff. But once in a while, you know, every two or three years, someone will catch a slot red off the pier. You're, uh, but that's it. You're, it's usually it, a, the a, the little girl to the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little it's <laughs> a little girl Always using a frozen head. shrimp yeah. or a wire egg. Mm-hmm. Little yeah. orphan Annie over there. I mean, I had 15 pound test line on a you know, medium spinning rod with (laughs) that light wire hook. And this fish ate this thing. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. My buddy came over um, and helped me. And we measured that fish when I finally landed like 20 minutes later, I got its head. All I could get in the net was its head. Mm. Um, It was over, it was right at the 50 inch mark. Mm. I had a a measuring tape on the paddle. So I had to mark, the paddle went to 45 and I had to mark where its tail ended. So we, we, we made a mark on it. And then when we got back, it's, we measured it. It was 50 inch fish. No so just get rid of your kayak and ride that thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It was, you have to I break like, it first. I was so pumped. <laughs>I have, yeah. I've done that a couple times. Um, so we, when we went down to the Keys this year, that's where we were going. And then we got diverted due to uh, winds. And then on yeah. our, Is that our, legal? What's that? Fishing Fish, on a flamingo. Fish for <laughs> Yes. If you have you to have hold to on tight. Pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. You well, got to break them first. You have to have pink... <laughs> Capri, so you don't get in trouble. It doesn't look like you're on It's not hard to fish off of them, but it is hard to catch them.